If you're trying to imitate a saint, if you think that that's how you're gonna achieve holiness, then you're looking at it all, all, all wrong. Because as you pointed out, circumstances are different. We're in a different age, right? Uh, Juan Diego, we're talking about almost 500 years ago, right? The world was totally different. The world was totally different five years ago. I'm sitting across a Father Joe, a Catholic priest. Yeah, and I'm sitting across Oscar, a Catholic layman, husband, slash father. So maybe I'll share where that came from. Yeah. Yeah. You said that you heard a podcast. Yeah. So do it, you, do you listen to a lot of podcasts? I don't, I actually don't, but mm. I, I watch YouTube and a lot of these podcasts now made it onto YouTube. They're like vlogs now. Yeah. So okay. little, and so this, is there a difference? I guess podcasts are strictly audio. Yes. So podcasts are like, they're distributed via like an an app that's just audio that's just audio okay. yeah all right and and the concept of like taking it to videos people now just record it and then they put it on youtube so it's literally the same audio it's just now they've added a camera so you see their faces and their reactions and stuff like that yes but i think the most important thing from let's say us we're recording this podcast yeah for us if we want a feedback channel youtube is a great feedback channel people comment on it in a podcast, if you're there's on the, no, no commenting, comment, there's no so, comment section. So you never hear your audience, what they, what they're saying. I'm, if, okay. I'm okay. Which is fine. Okay yeah. Yeah. Some people that. like, which is <laughs> like, yeah, but they'll do that. So anyways, I was watching a podcast. Listening. Watching. Podcast. No, I was watching okay, the, yeah, watching the video okay. of the audio podcast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was watching the video of the audio podcast and it was Pints with Aquinas. Like, have you heard of it? Are you familiar with it? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Okay. Maybe you mentioned it. So it's with Matt Fred. Um, and he had a, it was, it was like a little excerpt of like a previous, I guess, interview he had with a Dominican priest. Mm -hmm. um, and they were talking about like the, the amounts of devotions that like people have in like the Catholic faith. So okay, there's yeah, like, yeah. there's like prayer and then there's like penance, like they... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know the. Well, keep going because devotions are like, uh, like rosaries and yeah, chaplets yeah, and stuff like that. Okay, oh, okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're yeah. like uh -huh. talking about prayer, and somewhere along the lines, they um, they talked. They got into talking about how some people just want to do everything, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they'll read about a saint, and they want to go and be Padre Pio, and like you're we're not called to that, and that sometimes like you're. You, they said it in like more eloquent like way than this. <laughs> what are you but, talking about? It's just, but, it's listening to poetry right yeah, now as it, you're explaining. Yeah, but here's the deal. <laughs> like there, they were the the priest was explaining that um, sometimes people think you know the religious life is higher than the married life. Religious being like a a, a, a nun or a religious brother, like a, a monk or something like that. Yes. Okay. And that's, some, that's very true. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes we. It's very true that people have that perception, not that it's. Yeah. Like, and yeah. so they strive to be mm -hmm. saintly and, and imitate, not only imitate the saint, but want to become the saint. And they leave like the actual vocation of like married life or behind and that's actually not dangerous they didn't use the word dangerous but i guess that got me thinking that's all true because you start reading about uh, about saints and like there's popular famous i guess more mm -hmm. i don't want to say yeah popular. yeah more well-known more well-known saints right uh saint francis of assisi padre pio for me like comes up saint augustine like comes up for me mm -hmm. um and so one may read their biographies or, or their uh, prayers or their writings or whatever and get biography. Yeah. And might want to start um, living like they did, but that might not be your season in life and that might not be your calling. So I was just interested because I'm like, I think a lot of people might deal, not a lot, like uh, people may deal with that. 
Yeah. Um, first of all, I would say, you know whose fault all that is? Is the church's own fault. It's the church's own fault that people think that way. Um, if you look at, if we were to, to chart um, historically, chronologically, the saints that have been um, canonized. So important distinction, not all saints are canonized saints, right? So um, your great, 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 great grandfather who died in the 17th century I don't know if I, that was enough greats to be in the 17th century, but, uh, you know, someone who is your ancestor from a couple of uh, centuries ago may very well be a saint, right? Uh, we don't know about it because there's no cult around him. There's no uh, church dedicated to his name or her name, if it's your grandmother. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're not saints, right? So saints are people that are, that are that are enjoying the beatific vision. And the canonized saints, the saints that we know that are in statues and images and their churches dedicated to them, those are just the ones that we, um, because of the life that they lived, have gone through this investigative process where they looked at their writings, they looked at um, who they were, um, and the church has kind of um, said, you know, we're these are the we we believe that these people are enjoying the beatific vision because of the life of faith um, lived out in works that they have lived, right? Um, so there's an important distinction, right? So not all saints are are, are, canonized. are not just the canonized saints are the only saints and they're the only ones that are in heaven. There are other people, right? Um, but again, is, is if you, if chronologically, if historically we made a chart of the, of the people that have been canonized over the years, like what, 99% of them over the centuries have been religious women have been religious men have been priests have been bishops right and so it makes sense right like if you religious when, life yeah like you you go into a church your your average catholic church and all the saints that you're going to see they're all wearing their religious habit right in brown or black or whatever it is that they're wearing and and you think okay that's what sainthood looks like right it, 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 it's and so since i've never worn a gown like that since i've never worn a habit then that's not me, right? In the last couple of years, in the last couple of decades now, uh, especially with John Paul II, um, we're seeing where we're, we're, they're canonizing, the church is canonizing, looking into the lives of lay people, right? So then you have um, people who weren't religious brothers or sisters or priests uh, who showed lives of great virtue and, 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 and service and humility and all kinds of things that we can say about them. And they're being canonized. And so now people are kind of being awoken to the possibility of sainthood. I can be a saint. Yeah. Can you imagine? So now it's it's more visible if that were to happen. So yeah. would, would um, Juan Diego be considered that? Well, Juan Diego, yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of the... That's a good example of someone who isn't a religious, right? Um, and yet maybe to your point, right... Uh, your point was that I think maybe some people think I have to imitate the saints um, and that's how I make, uh, that's how I become holy, right? But I mean, unless you find yourself running across Tepeyac every morning, um, you know, in Mexico City, um, chances are, or, or even if you don't, even if you, I mean, there's no mountains in Laredo, right? There's no, uh, if you were, <laughs> I don't know, running across the, um, what's the closest to a mountain we have? Um, the, the, Monterrey, Los Cerros. I was thinking the city. Oh, yeah. The, 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 city the landfill. The, the landfill, landfill yeah. yeah. The city landfill. Even if you were running around the city landfill, right? Um, I, I just, maybe I'm wrong, right? Try it out, maybe if you want to. But I, I doubt that Our Lady of Guadalupe is going to be up on top of the landfill, come down and speak to you. Ask because you to you're build, imitating. Yeah, and ask you to build a church on the landfill dedicated to God's glory. And then is, there's going to be roses on top of the, <laughs> the landfill. Probably not, right? And so to your point, I think, is, is like if you're trying to imitate a saint, if you think that that's how you're going to achieve holiness, then you're looking at it all, all, all wrong. Because as you pointed out, circumstances are different we're in a different age right uh juan diego we're talking about almost 500 years ago right the world was totally different this the world was totally different five years ago um 
con más razón 500 years ago. Yeah. I want to just elaborate on a couple of things. So, one, I see this not only at church, mm -hmm. but when we're talking about like uh, successful people mm -hmm. um, here in the States. So let's use examples like uh, Elon Musk, like right now, or Steve Jobs, the late Steve Jobs, right? And people want to imitate. And they, in a way, as they're walking up the the mountain or the landfill mm -hmm. little hill there, <laughs> um, they think they'll find glory up there. In this case, like the Virgin Mary, right, appearing. But most people like want to imitate. Okay, so if I do certain things, if I follow someone's routine, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, Bruce Lee, whoever, people like want to imitate and think they're going to get the same thing out of it. So I see it like also over here, like in the lay life, like yeah. that happens a lot. But in the religious life, I want to... I wanna go ahead. Yeah, before you move on, like I would say, yeah, like um so uh you know, Jeff Bezos, right? Uh, Amazon, right? If someone else tried to say, Okay, I wanna be the next Jeff Bezos and then literally just made Amazon 2.0, uh, you know, and called it something else, that's not gonna get you rich. That's not gonna get you successful because that already exists, right? There is Um, why was Bezos so successful is because he saw a need, he saw a, a, a market, if you will, um, that wasn't saturated, that was, you know, just, you know, waiting to be kind of uh, seized upon. And that's why he's successful. So if everyone tried to start their own Amazon, that's not going to work. And right? you see that happening. Yeah. And you see exactly you see like and and I think I see it um, kind of I don't really follow all this stuff very well. But you I think you can see it in, in just the way apps are made. Right. Like apps. Um, and you see copycat apps like over and over again. And they're all trying to do the same thing. Right. Uh TikTok and and uh, Instagram videos and, uh, and it's called something else, whatever it's called, um, reels. Um, yeah. And then there's Facebook video, little uh, Every stories and stuff like that. So everyone's doing the same thing and then it becomes a saturated thing and where it's like no one's really interested in that. So the same thing with saints, right? If they all looked monolithic, if they all looked the same, then it'd be boring. Like then it'd be like, okay, you've seen one saint, you've seen them all. <laughs> Which I think is it's actually... Um, the only word I could think of, like, it does intrigue, like maybe, for example, me, when I started reading more about saints, like you have the patron saint of, right, um, I don't know, workers or teachers and, and it's important to have all those distinctions because if not, you can't, you can't look towards someone for inspiration, which is a big thing I got from the YouTube thing that it's got to be inspiration and not like imitation because then you get lost in it, right? And then when I was... When we were like talking about it through text, like you, you mentioned the word uniqueness mm -hmm. and yeah, I think people not only outside right now that they create the same app, same stuff, like the uniqueness is gone. Yeah. And then everyone's imitating everyone, like, um, at least on social media, it's very like, you, you see it a lot, but I want to go back. You said, um, people wearing habits. I didn't know uh, what a priest wears or like, um, You're wondering different, about that word. Di yeah, different religious orders. Uh -huh. Like, um, why is it called habit? Like, mm, beats me, man. <laughs> <laughs> you it, thought I was going to have this brilliant yeah, insightful well, not, not answer. A no. <laughs> no, you didn't expect a brilliant not, not answer. A no, no, just not an a, answer. No, just an answer. But um, I thought that was interesting. I had, in our conversations that we've had, mm -hmm. I didn't know that was called a habit. A habit. Yeah, I don't know where it comes from. And it's why almost it's like a habit and when, habito in Spanish. Habito, yeah, same thing. Yeah. And when you walk into a church and you see these uh, sculptures, statues, and you see them wearing their habit, I think now I kind of think of it and I'm like, yeah, if you're trying to imitate one of them, you might want, need a take on their habits. You're good. Yeah, I see, I hear it a little bit too. The little, little yeah, I think it might be that one, but we'll get there. All right. Yeah, I don't know what it's. I don't know why it's called habit, man. I I wish I did. I mean, I could Google it or something, but you know, you got Google too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, okay, that's interesting. Okay, so like, let's just, let's now elaborate on the whole. Should we imitate? Should we wanna be a, the saint or like what? What do you? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm thinking of that age-old adage, right? Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Which, um, when you texted me about this this idea of a topic for today, 
I looked at that. I couldn't remember how that that little phrase went. Uh, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. And when I Googled it, there were it was attributed to somebody, and I don't remember the name. Um, but then there was, you know how the you know how these quotes get attributed to different people. Is it, I thought it was Warhol, but I'm not no, sure. I, well, that's not the name that I saw. You're gonna Google it. Yeah, while you're googling it, um, I saw it, it was attributed to do to to print at least at the in the first couple of um, uh, results off of Google. Um, it was attributed to one person, and that was the mostly they were attributing to this one guy. And then a secondary one was to um, Oscar Wilde, I think, or something like that. Um, and he has a slightly different version of it. I don't know if you if you see it. It, it doesn't. It, it says something else. It says imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Oh yeah, it's Oscar Wilde. But but does it have a fuller quote, a longer quote? Uh, not not well. Not in the one that you went into. Not. But there, I saw something that has um, that had a, a, a longer one, and since I already have it, uh, oh here it is. Since I had already, I already have it in my searches, and so it comes out pretty quickly. Uh, attributed to Oscar Wilde is the phrase "imitation is the sincerest form of flattery that mediocrity can pay to greatness." That mediocrity can pay to greatness. And so it's not a positive thing. It's almost like we're mediocre. So yeah. let's just imitate. It's like, right. And so when we hear that, we think, oh, that's cool. So I'm imitating you because that's my way of flattering you, of honoring you. And that's, if you just hear the first phrase, the first part of the phrase, imitation is the greatest form. And, and it sounds, it's it's a positive, it's given a positive spin, right? What I'm imitate when I imitate you, it's because I am honoring you and I'm flattering you, right? But this longer quote that mediocrity can pay to greatness, then imitation becomes this cheap thing, right? That's all you can ever hope to do is to is to try to mimic me. Yeah, you will be I'm great, me. right? If you're imitating me, it's because I am great and you are just mediocre. That's a hard word for me to say. Medio mediocre, mediocre. <laughs> um, and you're mediocre... And then it has this really awful connotation, right? And I and I can't imagine that that's what the church wants for us, right? I can't imagine the church wants us to think the saints are great. I'm just here, más o menos, right? I'm, this is the best I'm going to do. So I'm just going to mimic them as best as I can. I can't imagine if Oscar Wilde's insight is, is valid, right? Which I think is, I mean, it's interesting. At, at the very least, it's an interesting um concept what he says yeah no I, but if that but if that full phrase is true then i don't want to imitate the saints at least not in a way that not in a way that's that's making me settle quote unquote i'm doing air quotes you can't see yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. um settle for mediocrity right because the church will never desire mediocrity from anybody you want to you no. want to be the greatest. Well, we're created for greatness. We're created for glory. We are created in the image and likeness of God. And so, a Christian, a Catholic that lives their life in a mediocre mediocre way. I keep saying, we're just missing that up. In a mediocre way, a Christian, a Catholic that drags his feet and is just living a life that's meh. Yeah, that's no good. That's that's not what you were created to do. God desires greatness for you. And so to if 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 Oscar Wilde is right then then imitation is not sufficient. It's not No 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 and once you broke it down and I had I had never read the last like the sentence longer quote. Yeah, or the, the quote with the quote but okay so as we and I agree I it's not a uh, I agree or disagree show but I know I agree I think um you also in trying to imitate a saint, like you might like bump into a lot of walls because one, the religious life different that you talked about, like the time we're living in. Mm -hmm. And then if we're reading about these things, like you can't, it's not apples to apples there. And like, it's, you're gonna, you're, you're not going to be able to like, it's frustrating. Yeah. It, it would be frustrating. It would be frustrating to be, you know, I'm a Catholic priest. So, and so, um, even if I took one of the priests, um, that are saints, right? Even if I said, okay, I want to be like, um, you know, Maximilian Kobe, who a lot of, you know, youngsters are choosing for their confirmation. It's confirmation season right now. Um, so a lot of them will choose Maximilian Kobe, father, Maximilian Kobe, saint, Maximilian Kobe. 
Maximilian was um, died at Auschwitz. Yeah, I mean, camp. he died in a, he, in a concentration he, he took, camp. He, yeah, he offers his life in exchange for, for someone, right? For that, someone, right? Because they randomly chose ten people to punish because someone had, I think, had attempted an escape or something like that, and so they randomly choose ten people to execute. This man kind of pleads for his life, and Maximilian says, "I'll take his place." Right. So even if I killed myself, literally, well, not not literally. Even if I was really trying to be Maximilian Kolbe, the conditions, the, the 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 environment that we're in, I am not living in Nazi Germany. Like I'm not living during the time of the Holocaust. Like I can't. There's there are limits to how much I can imitate him, because my circumstances are different. And so it would be incredibly frustrating if my life's work was to be exactly like Maximilian Kolbe. But that's not what my that's not my job anyway. That's not what I'm called to do. And thanks be to God for that. Yeah. Because it'd be really frustrating. It would be an impossible task for me. And um, to tell you, like, the video I was watching and kind of like that inspired this thought was, was that it actually led to you will face frustration. So, like, I guess let's talk like, so then what is the right way? So you're you don't want to imitate. Um, you want to be the greatest cliche version of yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Because that's what we're called to be. Mm -hmm. um, so what's the saint's role there like right because we do say we do lift up the saints as role models right we do lift them up as role models that that are um that can inspire us and move us to a life of grace and holiness yeah so then okay so then if i'm not supposed to imitate their lives then what am i supposed to do and i think we can you can do it two ways you can make a distinction and you can say you're not imitating their life you are imitating their virtue. And so that's a, that's one way to look at it. You're you're imitating their virtue as opposed like, to imitating their lives. So I'm going to interrupt real quick. So like St. Francis of Assisi, charity would be his... Well, uh, yeah, uh, all, well, the, all the saints are going to hit on charity because that's one of the, the theological... Print. There's three top virtues uh, and charity is one of them. Um, and so... Um, so they're all going to touch upon charity. But yes, uh, St. Francis is 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 most known the, the biggest the virtue that people usually tie to him is humility right okay, yes. uh he's 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 one that embraces poverty in a radical way right literally gives everything away um begins this what's called a mendicant order which is a, a begging order right they don't possess anything they they literally beg for their food for sustenance for everything right so he really embraces poverty and humility in in, in a in a in a in a radical way, right? So we can imitate that, and even that to a degree, right? As a married man with children, uh, with responsibilities, you couldn't do that, no. right? It would be incredibly responsible. It would not be holy if you decided, well, St. Francis did it. St. Francis sold everything. everything. I'm going to give everything up. I'm going to literally give up the title to my home, to my vehicles. Um, I'm going to give away my paycheck. That would be incredibly, one, irresponsible, and two, not virtuous it wouldn't be holy it would be uh, you would be neglecting um your call to be a father and and and, and husband right so it would be in your state of life it's it's it doesn't work right um so right so that's one way to do it is to focus and imitate on the virtue that this saint um you know really lived out or really made concrete steps to kind of live out right i think the other way which is maybe the same it maybe it might be just the the other side of the same coin but the other thing is to realize that what we are trying the one the who are we are who we are trying to imitate is actually christ and the saints were trying to imitate christ and so we use the saints as almost like a lens to kind of see how Christ works and operates in the world, right? So because we find ourselves, I mean, we can read about Jesus in the Bible and we can, you know, so we know those, well, hopefully we know those things. Uh, if not, you know, open up your Bible, people, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, but we, we, we or, have, bi or Bible app or Bible app. Um, and so we, we have, 
we have some knowledge of how Jesus operated in his earthly life here, right, through the scriptures. Um, but also throughout the centuries, saints have, in their circumstances, imitated Christ. And so that's what we're trying to, to imitate, is their imitation of Christ, if you will. We're imitating an imitation. And at one point, do you think one uses, not uses, but like looks to the saint mm-hmm. because they were imitating Christ. So that's how I'm understanding it. And at one point, do you like move past the saint and now you're in in your greatness imitating Christ? Yeah. But right, there's that one point where you... Definitely, definitely. I think, I mean, we... We Catholics get to get 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 some beef from our, you know, Protestant brothers because we are accused of worshiping the saints, and that is if you if you're Catholic and you don't know this, this is a hundred percent incorrect. We do not worship the saints. The saints um, have no power of their own. Um, even when I pray, uh, maybe a good is- distinction to make is that I don't pray. Um, to Mary, and, and we do use that phrase, and maybe that's why it's confusing, but we pray with Mary, right? We're asking for Mary's intercession, and all the saints is the same thing, right? So, yes, if I'm imitating Saint so-and-so, who is known for the virtue of blank, yeah, then there comes a point where I realize that if they live that virtue to such a great degree... It's because they were following Christ. And so they become a path for me to get to Christ, the one mediator. Right? So, the, yeah. I mean, the, the point of it, all of this is Jesus. Like, and Oops, I'm sorry. Uh, the point of all of this is Jesus. Right? And so that's what we're trying to get to. The saints are a medium or a way to get to Jesus. So kind of building on. So we're on this path, right? We're walking uh, in trying to imitate Christ here, like, as we live our lives. And so is it this kind of like the the image that comes to mind? So there's saints along this path that move us a little closer and trying to, mm-hmm. like, really walk by ourselves. And and um, when do we get caught up just hanging out with the saints um, on this path and, like, like trying to... We go by like maybe trying to imitate a virtue here with a saint, then try to imitate another virtue with another saint. Um, when are we like stop stopping like ourselves from continuing our path? Mm-hmm. Because we're kind of hanging out and this might tie into like what I saw on, or heard on that podcast, which is uh, we start trying everything mm-hmm. and it might in us trying to excel at a virtue like we don't excel at anything. So... How, what have you seen like yeah, where people get caught the up? The saints or the virtue or the devotion, right? Uh, this chaplet or this prayer or this whatever um, becomes an end in and itself. And it's supposed to be a means to an end. Again, all of this is meant to take us to God, right? And if it's not doing that, if it becomes kind of this self-help um, project of I want to be the most humble person in the world, for example, then it's not about God. It's about me. It's about, it's, it's this turning inward that if you've turned inward, then you're not headed towards God, right? You're not moving. You're, you're, um, you're, you're closing yourself off and you're, and you've become a closed circuit. And that's, that's, that's the problem. And I think maybe wait, what, maybe what you're trying to, I don't know if this is where you're trying to steer the conversation. Not that I'm, well, I don't know if that's the right word, but, um, but virtue is this, virtues are this crazy little thing that are incredibly difficult to understand and to master, right? Um, let's take courage, for example, right? Courage is a virtue. And, um, I think maybe first of all we would have to define virtue, define courage, right? So how would you define courage? Um, I'm kind of putting you on the spot. So yeah, no. So I think a courage is 
continuing to move even though things are uncertain. So you show up for the day. Um, and that's like how I see it in my life. So courage to... Um, I could see it come alive. Like we're, we're in 2021, right? Um, with COVID. Mm-hmm. Like happened in 2020. My job requires that I show up. It's an essential like business. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw courage there daily, not only for me, but from like the people I work with, because we were in the unknown as people were like quarantining at home. Yeah. And so for me, courage like might have different meanings. But most recently, if I think of work and that is like showing up, even though all this uncertainty is happening and just having like faith that, you know, like this is like what I need to do right now and I need to provide. Mm-hmm. That's how you say courage. But like taking that step into uncertainty. Yeah. Would you say that maybe there's like a fearlessness in the face of the unknown yes okay yeah and see even as you were describing that um like you use the word hope or faith i forget which one you use faith or hope which is a separate virtue and so you realize that virtues kind of it's hard to isolate it right it's hard to just say i'm working on this one virtue because it will always inevitably touch upon another virtue right they, they they coexist and they work together right okay but say very good so so let's say that courage is this fearlessness before the unknown right that's my definition maybe i'm positive that, that is, are, is that from google no i'm sure there are millions of better ones on google right <laughs> no but that's awesome um but but for our purposes let's call it a fearlessness before the unknown right okay. um So another aspect of virtue that's important that we have to kind of acknowledge is that there, that virtue is, is always going to be, uh, uh, something about, uh, we're, we're constantly in search for an equilibrium, right? A balance, right? There is a uh, courage exists on a spectrum, if you will. So if I have no courage. I, what happens in your job, right? If if you had no courage, what would have happened? Well, yeah, things don't get done. You don't, and, you and don't show up. And then that essential business that people depended upon begins to break down. Right? So a, a lack of courage, and that one's maybe pretty obvious, right? We realize courage is essential. And if I don't have it, then nothing gets done because there's always going to be an unknown, right? If it's fearlessness before the unknown, there's always going to be unknowns. And so I'm going to live my life in fear of all kinds of things. Can you have too much courage? Yeah, that's, um, I, I, I could only describe it as that's like, uh, um, people not weighing and like the risk and they're just risking a lot. And, whether it's like physically, like when you see people just do dumb things like mm-hmm. for clout, as they say, right? Like to just and you see this like on TikTok things. I, I want to tie that part. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing, it could also be someone that wants to start a business and they risk their financial well-being. And if they have a family, that's like too much courage. That's like too risky. Yeah. And it becomes reckless. Right. It becomes yes. reckless if you have too much courage. Now, we're saying less courage and more courage. Um, but strictly speaking, the absolutes, the extremes of too much or too little are not courage at all, right? There's something all uh, there's something altogether different, right? If you have no courage, then that's, that's not, it's not that you have less courage, it's that you are fearful. And if you have too much quote, too much courage, quote unquote, you're it's not that you're cur- super courageous, it's that you are reckless, right? And so courage, again, dwells in that middle section, right? In that little balance, this equilibrium. And what the church says is that God, and that that's where God dwells, right? In, in, that, in that little, in, in that balance, right? So all the virtues, all the things that we say about the saints, we find them in, the, in a perfect way in God, right? So God is... It's kind of weird to say this, but God is perfectly courageous, is perfectly charitable, is perfectly humble, is perfectly all of the virtues. He is perfectly all of those. And he finds himself, he is, he, he is the very center of that. And that's why virtue is so great, right? That's why we want to imitate it. That's why we want to uh, attain it. 
is because the close the closer I get to that little equilibrium point, that that little sweet spot of real courage as opposed to recklessness and fear, then the closer I am to God. Yeah. What do you think are some ways? Um, courage, for example. What are some? Man, as I think of it, like what what's one step to take, like to be aware of that middle, yeah. rather than, like how how do I ground myself and like it's like. And I, I think I've experienced that where I've been like, if you think of both extremes, like one, not taking the risk of like just getting a project going. That's more from like the creative side when I'm thinking of those things. Um, I might not start this project, this idea I have. So I'm like full of like fear maybe that it's not going to work out, that I'm going to lose time on it. Like mm -hmm. it's not worth it. And then there's also the reckless side of like where I'm stretched to like five different projects, <laughs> right? And you yeah. and I have talked about this, but yes. like I'm trying to start a blog. I'm doing a podcast. I'm doing video. I have to go to work and I'm a dad and a husband. So like that can be also reckless. So yeah. like um, I can share like what I've had, like where it's just becoming aware. But I, you know, when I become aware, when I'm burned out, hmm. like I think like, okay, I've been too reckless and I feel the burnout like coming and setting in mm -hmm. what what in your like experience or like in your conversations and maybe even anything you've experienced how, how how does one become aware or like what are what's one step to take there um yeah all right now for our our segment right we, we we're trying to do this segment uh, where we ask a random question and I'm so glad you brought this book because I am um, I'm surprised I came up with one last time because I'm not the most creative person in the world um, so um, here's one some of these are not appropriate sir <laughs> they are just not kidding. there's 3,000 questions <laughs> yeah this is a lot of questions okay so um, here are the questions here's a, here's a, here's a question for you it says three but yeah, well, let's try to come up with three. Uh, what three things would you never do on vacation? Would I never do? Yeah. That's why it, it, it surprised me. Well, it's the thing is, I would, I, I'm thinking of like, I wouldn't want to do them. I'm still doing them. So I'm trying to get like better at it. But like checking like my work email, like I don't want to. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's where mm -hmm. I'm going. So like thinking of that so i would never want to like one tune into work because i'm on vacation this so. is a this is a wish list like yeah. you wish you could disconnect like that yeah being more structured i wish i wasn't programmed to uh think of social media when i'm on vacation and and i, I say program because it's like a thing now and so i feel guilty on both and so one you feel guilty about not posting or? No, about recording like the memory because now we have like tools to do that. So yeah. not the posting thing, but I think when you get sucked into it, it's far easier to use like Instagram or like one of those Snapchat because you quickly record and save rather than the camera option and all that. So I wish, not I wish, but I would, I would want to be aware so that I'm not like thinking I need to like doc, be filming a documentary basically. And then the other thing, I wouldn't want to do anything that I could do at home. So if it's a movie, Mm. that i have at home like i wouldn't want to do it on vacation if oh, it's that's a good one if it's uh yeah so i'll keep it super simple if i could do the activity at home i shouldn't be doing it on vacation so oh you're generalizing yeah so now. we're about to go on a road trip uh -huh. right in july the family and i like take a road trip and we're gonna go to vegas because bella loves vegas <laughs> Your child yes. of, what is yes, she, seven, six, seven? She's eight, but eight? we took her last time, but she loves a pool there. Uh -huh. But, um, so I hope to remember to not do things that I could do at home. So I shouldn't have food that I could have. Yeah, here. that's my big one. That's, if, I think that when you said your, your third one, I was like, Ooh, I'm gonna make that one my first yeah, one. Yeah, but, um, yeah, those are it. So not check, not tune into work, right? Being conscious of that, like not do that. And then, um, not feel I have to be filming a documentary about our lives. Although it's important to keep memories, just being aware of that. And the third one is don't do things that I could do at home. Yeah. The question was what things, three things would you never do? And you kind of turned it into what things should you never do? Okay? Yeah, I know. That's why I said yeah, I was working on these things. Okay. All right. I, I, that's fair. Um, I, 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 I'm totally stealing your third one and I'm going to make that my first one. I would never go to a Chili's, um, on vacation, you know, like I can, I can get that at home, you know, I'm not, I'm not wasting my time and my money on, on this, you know? 
Um, although the first time I went to New York, I was on a real New York City. I was on a very I was a seminary. Strict budget. I had no money. Like, and so you our, do, our splurge meal. This was our splurge meal was at Chipotle. <laughs> That was our splurge meal. You can imagine. I'm what sure it was. it's like more it was expensive. Like we no? were doing a lot of five dollar hot and ready's. We we went to a grocery store. And we the, bought, co- the corner stands. We made PBJ sandwiches and oh like, like that's how man we were poor. But we went to New York anyway. Uh, so the first one is not yeah. I wouldn't go to for me it's specifically to the to the uh, to the food. I'm not gonna go to a restaurant where I can that I can go um, back home uh, on vacation. I will not set an alarm. Uh, if I can, if I can manage, if I've got something going on at, at a certain hour, obviously I have to. But a real vacation where I'm actually vacation, like full on vacation mode, I do not set an alarm. My body will decide when it wants to wake up. You know, uh, so that's and that feels really good. A third one, hmm. what wouldn't I do? Um, this one's more specifically like what location I would never do. I would never do like a safari or something like that. Um, I like nature. I would go camping and I would do that kind of stuff, but no animals. Yeah, um, you don't like it? No, like, uh, you know that little place uh, outside of San, San Antonio where you the can drive? Na- the natural... Natural bridge caverns yeah. and safari. There's a safari too and you can drive around you can feed ostriches and stuff out, out of your car. No, thanks. no, no, not even... Co- yeah, I'm not... Yeah, no, definitely That's not. cool. So now that's... that's uh, you were able to break it down awesome. Like I went like all like... Well, I had more time to think while you were. Yeah, talking. yeah, but which is fair. Um, yeah. So uh, no, that's good. So let's get back to virtue. Um, yeah, let's get back to virtue and then uh, think about the things you wouldn't do on vacation. <laughs> like so you're the, asking, like, how do I find that sweet spot, right? Uh, yeah, like that. What's that? Obviously, awareness is the first step, but like, let's say someone's not aware. They're listening to our conversation and it's kind of like, okay, maybe I could take a step back. So if we're coming from a religious like side, we could do examination of conscience and Mm -hmm. like think of like, where have I spent my time? Like, but I don't know if you have any thoughts on like someone becoming aware of that and maybe they're trying to imitate too much. They're losing themselves. Yeah. Well, I'll start off on the religious side and I'll try to make my way to a more secular understanding of this. On the religious side, you would say that God is a God of order. And he brings order into chaos. When he creates the cosmos uh, in the book of Genesis, uh, there was a vastless void, right? And God and the spirit hovers over the waters, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, It's poetic language, so it's not meant to be taken literally, right? But there's this there's this vastless void. There is no structure to anything. And then God first separates the light from the darkness, right? And he separates the land from the water. And he separates and he starts making divisions and distinctions. And he starts adding order um, into the chaotic cosmos, the chaotic uh, pre-existent something, right? Again, it's poetic language because we have no other ways to kind of talk about it. But he starts adding order to it all. So God is a God of order, right? Order, 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 which is um, what you should take as a kind of as a um, as the opposite of chaos, right? So if you're if you find yourself listening to this podcast and you're wondering, have I reached that equilibrium point? Then the first thing that you can ask yourself is how chaotic is your life? Um, And now I've tried to make my way into just like a general non-religious conversation i'm just like asking you know how chaotic is your life now chaos there's always chaos a little bit in our lives right um i am not a morning person by any stretch of the imagination so mornings when i have stuff to do um my mind is a mess right and coffee takes a while to kick in for me um and so there's always a little bit of chaos but that's my that's everyone's think of your life every day think of every day as um an attempt to try to put order into chaos, right? I've got stuff to do, and as I start doing them, I'm adding order into the chaotic world. That's like Google Calendar. Um, like, yeah, appointment. Like, you try to organize. Yeah, you're, you're, you're adding distinctions. You're creating order into the day. 
and you think as one says like man i have no control over that then they know they're more on the spectrum of like okay there's like chaos yeah come back yeah because if i mean think like i'm think of it literally right if if virtue is is an is about an equilibrium imagine literally um a glass i mean you can't see us here people but uh imagine this glass on this coaster and if i was trying to stand up the coaster and i was trying to put the glass right in the middle and balance it there because that's the middle that's the sweet spot that's the equilibrium that's the balance but this room was chaotic and there was wind rushing in and out and people and there were birds in here that were flapping everywhere this thing is there's no way this thing is going to stay up right uh so in a in a that's that's a physical representation of that um but the same thing with your life is is if there's chaos everywhere then you're unlikely going to find the equilibrium um does that make sense yes it it does and for me it does and i've um recently i've been paying more attention to order chaos specifically with dr jordan peterson he has he's a, a clinical psychologist and he he talks a lot about order and chaos and how he's like if you want to make your life or the world a better place like you don't have to do anything crazy just like start cleaning your room at order there because you go there and like if people like um would do that then you start writing a little bit of order then you get into like the fancy stuff like maybe structure your whole day mm -hmm. like structure and then i think the most important thing is and i want to touch on this today which is so we're practicing a virtue i want to become more humble mm -hmm. like or humility and i might be at different ends right so i might be too humble like in the sense that I might be giving stuff out recklessly to be um, practice humility and be more like St. Francis. Mm -hmm. Or I might have too much. Like I might have too uh, many devices, too many, like too much like material that I don't need. Or I might be consuming too much knowledge. Like, like so I'm at both ends. So I want to get down to humility, right? And so I'm working on this. I feel good after a couple of weeks and then I start pushing it on people. So I don't know if like, like you have any thoughts on like when we're practicing our own virtue, how we start trying to get everyone's life in order. Mm -hmm. And if you've seen that like kind of play out and what do you think about that? Like, should we, as we practice our own like virtue and trying to get better at one, what are your thoughts on like, should we start trying to be like rally the, the crowd like do this or do that what do you think about that i mean when you when you've come to an appreciation of the value of any of the virtues right it's hard to not want that for everyone else right yeah. if you see how to use your example humility helps me to stay grounded in a healthy um uh healthy self realization no way yeah you're not in a need right mindset. yeah the, it, you've you've reached it well, as much as close as you get you 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 start feeling that sense of equilibrium and it, and it's it's grounding like i can't um the word humility comes from um uh from the word that means ground right so humility is actually literally a grounding como, como humedo. Humo, hum, it's actually it's you're actually is not it? you're actually oh, not wow. far it's it's humus well i i, I don't remember the etymology of it but um anyway but it, it comes from this this dirt dirt this groundness right um so it's it's hard to not want that for other people right inevitably you're going to want to kind of share that with others but i think what you're maybe already kind of seeing and touching upon is that virtue is not it cannot be imposed um i can't force you to be humble i can't force you to be uh, do anything because it, it, it wouldn't be authentic, right? So, you know, and, and this is kind of touching on something else that we kind of sometimes think about God, right? Is, is, is well, why does God allow, this is a totally different topic, but like, why does God allow suffering and, and, and sin and death and all these things in the world if he's all powerful and almighty and all knowing, right? And that the simplest answer to that is that um, that all of those bad things that we wish weren't there are a result of our own freedom, 
right? They're a result of our own freedom. We are free to choose those things. And our freedom are the ones that, that, that create those awful things that we wish weren't there. Well, why did God give us freedom? Well, God gave us freedom because without freedom, there is no love, right? If, he, if God forced us to love him, is that really love? No, we'd be like an animal. We'd be like a robot that's been programmed to love us. Is that really love? No, that's just in our programming. That's just in our DNA. Then it's not real, right? Same thing with virtue, right? So God wants us to be virtuous. He wants us to find those equilibriums because the closer we get to those, the more we are in in in, in sync with him, to use a non-religious word, right? Um, the more close, the closer we are to him, right? So he wants those things for us. But again, it's it can't be imposed. It can't, and and if God can't impose it, much less can we, right? Can we like, hey, I'm trying to be humble, y'all. We're all going to do this. We're all going to be humble starting today. It, it just doesn't work. How do you develop virtue, do you think? I think, um, well, one, you become aware. For me, it's like you become mm -hmm. aware of what... You're huge on awareness. I love that. Well, I think I that... that. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Um No, I think it becomes with awareness. And yes, I'm huge on awareness because... If I go and say, hey, you have something on your face, like you have to like notice it first. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh -huh. So you could fix it. Yeah. And and pointing it out just makes someone feel like, like, why are you pointing it out? So I think awareness. So first being aware in the thing, I guess the way I've worked on, on after I become aware is um, starting, I start, I guess I identified like, for example, service. I said in the, when we first recorded that I saw this podcast as at least for me, like we're recording, whoever listens to it. Awesome. Great. But for me, it, it allows like what I've learned about podcasting and audio and putting things together. I feel this like fills that for me, like service. So like once I'm aware that I want to be, I want to be more helpful or serve like the church in whatever way possible I can, that then I'm like, okay, what do I do? Like, and what's my role? And like, then start moving towards that. And that's for service. Mm -hmm. Okay. If I want to become more humble, then I need to call myself out. Like I need to like examine myself. So I think like for me, um, I, I tried like ex the, the examine of consciousness, right. Mm -hmm. Of conscience. Sorry. At the end of the night, I tried that too. And like, that's not like something that like, jump into because you at least i saw my flaws like big time and you got to be aware mm -hmm. one you, you become more aware and then like just trying to stop i think it it, it all ties to awareness like knowing that i want to work on humility or i want to work on being kinder or like anything like that i just have to be aware aware and i try to keep myself aware i don't know if that makes any sense it does because i don't know if you realize this but especially with humility Awareness is, ne is necessary in all of them, I think, but especially with humility, because humility is about realizing it is about seeing ourselves for who we really are. Right. So the one side of humility is recognizing that we are not God, right, that we are not perfect, that we have fa faults and and things in our person that we want to maybe uh, resolve or fix. And then again, it's a balance, right? So the other side of humility, what would it be? Is having a just awful image of ourselves, right? We don't want to go to there. We don't want to think of ourselves as absolute poop, you yeah. know? Um, that's not right either because that's not who we are, right? So um, so neither of those extremes, you know, I'm God or I'm nothing, less than nothing, I'm excrement. Neither of those is true, right? So awareness when it comes to humility is actually huge because that's how we move towards humility. But let's use another example. How do you become courageous? You well, for me, I think I. So <laughs> when I move, I talked about like the unknown, and yeah, I personally like if I'm gonna jump into something uh, new, and I feel I have to just like walk towards it and can and do it i try to define a couple of steps and then after that like almost like it's like the leap of faith as people yeah, know it okay, like yeah then you just dive into it this is easier for me now in creativity yeah like i've i've done projects with cre like with creativity right that revolve around creativity so it's easier for me there where where it's not easy for me and i need to be a little more courageous 
is I think um, um, being more like I think I'm structured, whether it's uh, I'm not as like, uh, how would I say? If someone says, let's uh, we're going to travel mm-hmm. and I don't but someone might not think of courage as like, OK, going out and traveling and all that. But I do like it's like you have to be courageous of like just letting go of the day, like enjoying life. And I, I think to work on on that courage is being okay like i was listening to a song it's it's there's like christian rappers right and so i was listening to that and um he said something key which is um when i'm watching tv i feel guilty so like for me i i struggle with enjoying time because i always feel i need to be doing something Mm -hmm. so i think even having the courage of like 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 shutting like tuning Tuning out and Uh and being okay so i think the way i work on courage is um just define some steps but then like i have to be okay with whatever the day brings and then i think that's spot on uh you said i i define some steps right i and and i take those little baby steps right that's that's how you how do you do something that you're afraid to do is you take it by little step baby steps and then yes as you pointed out at some point there's only so many baby steps that you can take. And at some point you do have to take this little plunge, right? And so the way that we develop any of the virtues, if I want to be courageous, I do courageous things. That's how I become courageous, by doing courageous things. How do I do, how do I develop uh, temperance? By doing temperate things. How do I develop prudence? By being, oh. by doing prudent things, right? Um, by practice. Practice makes perfect, right? Uh, and practicing virtues in on a small scale makes us grow into in, in a greater thing. So at some point, you, when we were talking about chaos, you noted that that Peterson says, you know, by organizing your room can 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 do something like that, right? So we were trying to develop the virtue of I don't know if organization is a virtue. Um, I'm sure there is something that we can tie into there. Uh, but say like my world is always super chaotic and I don't really have any order. Well, how do I begin? Yeah, literally, just do you ever make your bed? You know, make your bed. Yeah, have you Start seen that book? There's bed. like a book that's titled Make Your Bed. Really? Okay. And it's from a Navy SEAL. And and Jordan Peterson has 12 rules for life. One of them is clean your room. Clean your room. But then he also talks about slaying the dragons like while they're small. So small baby steps kind of yeah. tie in that. But yeah, that's true. So you a, be- priest, a priest once told me that, um, that he... He was telling us the same thing. Make sure, gentlemen, he would always say, men, men, uh, men, uh, make your bed in the morning. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I, at the time, I was notoriously bad at it. I was like, no one's coming in here. Who cares? I'm not going to make it my bed, right? Um, and he says, make your bed. And, and, the, and his reasoning for it sold me on it. It's basically the same thing we're saying. It's the same thing Peterson says. It's the same thing everyone else says, right? Um, but the way he phrased it just kind of resonated in me. He says... When you make your bed, it'll be a reminder that the world needs ordering. The world needs ordering. Um, and, and so the same way I'm bringing order to my bed, I need to bring order to my life, whether that's to my marriage, whether that's to my work uh, environment, uh, whether that's in my heart, in my soul, right? In my mind, right? So sometimes we're wrestling with, you know, things from our past, on a psychological level, we've got all these hangups, we've got all these traumas, right? Um, and it's because, you know, there, there's no erasing them. There's no, you know, men in black little flashy button that's going to yeah. kind of make them go away. So when we have to go in there into our mind, into in, and sometimes this requires professional medical, you know, professional help. Um, is it still Mental Awareness Month? That was last month, right? Yes. Anyway, um, sometimes that needs professional help, right? To kind of begin to create order within our mind on a spiritual level we want to create order in our heart in our soul and confession does that by taking everything out that's not supposed to be there um prayer helps with that because it um puts us in a in a vantage point it positions us towards god again 
Um, and so all of that is an ordering, right? It's, it's, it's taking chaos and, and or trying to order it. And so by just doing my bed, you know, making my bed. Did I make my bed this morning? Yes, I did. Yes. I don't always do it. I still don't always do I it. I actually right? made but our today bed I actually before I, I drove over here. Nice. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's a great little practice. And that's how you develop virtue is by doing those things. Um, and, and so it, it begins with a little making of your bed, but then it moves on to organizing your room. Then it's about cleaning your desk off every once in a while. Right now, my mom, my desk is a mess right now. Um, but I know that at some point I need to sit down and, you know, organize things. I need to put things away, file things that need to be filed, toss things that need to be tossed and stuff like that. But that's that's a virtuous act. And the more we do that, the more we grow in that virtue. The world needs ordering. You mm-hmm. want to be dumb, do dumb things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if because you, that's if, a good point. Because if the, you want to be orderly, do orderly things. Because the same, the same, t- the same is true about the, ver- the 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 reverse, right? Vice. The opposite of virtue is vice, right? And vices. I mean, how do you develop a vice? You do it, right? How does a person become an, an alcoholic? Well, it wasn't by just looking at the bottle of vodka. It was because they were drinking it constantly and over and over and over and over again. Um, then it becomes this abusive thing, and then it becomes a straight-on addiction, right? Vice, right? And it's not the only vice, obviously. There's a whole bunch of other things that we can use as examples. That's just what came to mind. <laughs> yeah, no, no, and, but but I thought about that when you said the world needs ordering. I think it's a great quote. I think it needs to be on a on a like little poster at sure, home, some, things like someone, that. Yeah, yeah. So you no, know, it does. Like Father, I, Father, I, Father Larry. Father Larry Hennessy oh, up in Chicago. I, th- I thought you were going to say Father Larry Richards. Have you heard of him? No. Who's that? So he, he's a priest, right? But <laughs> um, obviously, right? No, because I could say like, oh, the father, like, but he's a priest. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah. um, and he, I got introduced to him through Ariel. Okay. And he wrote a book. It's it's Be a Man. Mm-hmm. But he, I, I love, because like he gets up and I guess does lectures, the lectures I've seen, he just calls out people. Yeah, good. That's kind of cool. But um, yeah, okay, no, so Father Larry, Larry, what did I say his name is? <laughs> Father Larry Hennessy. Yeah, yeah, Hennessy. Yeah. Um, so alrighty, so I think that was good. That that was a um a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be fun to just wrap it up from my end and then wrap it up on your end. And okay. I think that would be interesting because last week I was like. I don't want to say anything after that, <laughs> but like um, I'll wrap it up from my end and then you can wrap it up for us. Right. But like sure. for me, the way I understood our conversation today was saints are definitely uh, people. Right. That. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they they right? are. In you fact, people. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> We're just starting at the very from <laughs> yeah, the ground up. So saints are people sorry. Sorry, I that try. that were saintly right in this world and imitation of Christ. And so we should look to to them to guide us on our path. And um, when we talked about about um, being aware of like what might work for us in life and really defining that, like how to take steps to become more courageous is do courageous things. So the way I understood our combo today is um, with saints, we have a great like example of you know, how to move into those virtues that we might want to have in our lives Mm -hmm. and that at the same time know what works for us because Mm -hmm. you can't, like, you, you, you forget that we're here to imitate Christ and you get caught, you might get caught up in, in imitating someone else. The example. Yeah. And And, and you get lost in it. And the last thing, don't be mediocre. Um, Be great. Yeah. Yeah, St. Irenaeus of Lyon, I think, is attributed the quote, um, the glory of God is man fully alive. There's a longer version of that quote, too. It's like this one um, that maybe changes the context. But the glory of God is man fully alive, right? So that's how you glorify God, by living life uh, abundantly and fruitfully, um, virtuously, right? That's that's how you glorify God. Um, what would I t- want to take away with this? Um, have you noticed that I'm learning yeah. how to use this microphone? Yeah, no, that's good. Um, um, we haven't talked about this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna end us with something that maybe takes people in a different way for their own, you know, as you kind of digest this process, this this podcast. Um, of all the virtues, I mean, there are lots of virtues that you can try to develop and try to grow into. Um, all of which, by the way. Um, 
I'm a Catholic priest. I'd be a terrible one if I didn't say this are things that we can ask God first, right? So ask the Lord to help us, help us to develop all of these virtues, because again, God dwells there in the, in the, in the, in the fullness of these, of these, uh, of these, uh, virtues, right? But the one that I would recommend that everyone, if you choose humility, if you choose courage, if you choose temperance or whatever, uh, virtue you decide to kind of try to begin to kind of tackle, um, I would put right next to it. So I'm going to ask you to do two at a time. And the second one that I would say universally apply, should apply for everyone is temperance. I thought you, you know, I thought I was going to say charity, right? I thought or, you were going to say, uh, love. Well, love and charity. Okay. Yeah, same, okay same. Um, but I would say temperance, right? Charity is good. We're going to get there. Eventually we want to end with charity, right? Um, faith, hope, and love are, are the theological virtues, the, the main, the bigger ones. Um, but temperance, the ancient Greeks referred to temperance as the charioteer of the virtues. Um, so imagine a charioteer, right? A charioteer is, is riding the chariot, right? And, and they have the reins of the horse that's, that's pulling the carriage. Um, and the charioteer is responsible for guiding that, right? So he tugs on the left, tugs on the right, and keeps that in balance. And so temp, uh, 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 did I say temperance? It's prudence. Did I say temperance? Yeah, you said temperance. But prudence, okay. <laughs> Let's go back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, rewind all that. Right. And prudence, right? Yeah, temperance, awesome. not prudence. Sorry. Uh, not temperance, prudence, right? Prudence is the charioteer, right? So prudence is the one that helps us to find that sweet spot when it comes to courage, right? Tug a little bit here, tug a little bit this way, and it helps us to find the middle ground. Think about it this way, right? Prudence is going to help us to kind of take into into consideration all the things that this decision that I'm making, right? Uh, when it comes to, I don't know, uh, should I jump off of this branch? You know, because all my friends did it. Uh, so courage, uh, I'm, I might say, okay, if I'm not courageous at all, I'll never do anything exciting and fun. If I'm too courageous, quote unquote, then I'll be reckless and foolhardy. I'm going to kill myself. And prudence is going to be the one that kind of takes all of those considerations and helps, helps to guide uh, the, the, the appropriate response of courage, courage, of courage to this particular situation. So pray for prudence, prudence, not temperance, pray for prudence and try to develop that as well together with your other virtue. Be kind of cool, right? If we had, if we had, well, the goal is to, to, to kind of, is, is these things are like Pokemon, man. We're trying to collect all of them, yeah. right? Uh, <laughs> we're trying to collect all the virtues and, and, and develop them in, in every aspect of our lives and, and to the fullness of, of the whole spectrum of virtues. Um, and at the same time, fighting against the vices that, that kind of oppose them. Um, but prudence is going to help us to kind of uh, keep those equilibriums. All righty. Well, that's great. Yeah. So good luck developing those virtues, y'all. Yeah. So no, that's we're, good. We're working on them too. Yeah. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>